Welcome to Fans of the Forge. Today's wrap-up is Season 5, Episode 27, Hollywood Edition. I'm Chris. To my left, we have... Yep, Sean. And to my right, we have... Teresa. And let's get right down to business. Our contestants for this episode were Brian. He was a part-time smith with five years' experience. And his day job was he was a project manager for a financial firm. Tristan... Had part-time experience of four years. He was 19 years old at the time. Worked in a pizza shop and was studying to become a chef. Our next contestant was Mike, who had 12 years experience. He is a journeyman bladesmith and an elementary school teacher. A.K.A. Badass. Badass <laughs> MFer right there. So, moving forward, the last contestant was Doug. He is a part-time bladesmith with two years' experience, and he worked for the Department of Corrections of Arizona. So, let's get right down to the important thing here, our picks. Picks. All of us picked the badass Mike yeah, to win. You gotta. He got to. not pick He's a journeyman. journeyman. Right. He's proved himself to get to the next level of being a bladesmith, so you have to pick him, which we all did. And then, coincidentally, we all chose different underdogs for this episode. Sean chose Brian, I chose Tristan, and Teresa chose Doug. So cool. some some good variation. Some Everybody's variety. represented. Someone's going to get points. Someone's getting yes. points. <laughs> and one of the first things we noticed was Ben Abbott's back. All right. It's been a while. He had a little bit of scruff going, too. So yeah. Geez. It was just funny that we were talking about him last episode because we were watching one from, like, Way back, and we're like, oh, Ben's there. Yeah, it's Ben coming back, and ben. he's back. He's back. <laughs> and during the intro, I've noticed that it seems like Jay Nielsen, he's got his thing, which isn't much. Which isn't much. Ben's got his thing, which isn't much. Doug, Doug has his right. And then Dave tries to do different things every time, and he just kind of gave an awkward thumbs up. He like, did a double thumb. Like his other thumb? thumb was like hidden behind his name. Oh, like, okay. I guess that's not as bad. It's like a cheesy bad. thumbs up, like, yeah. The whole episode was kind of, <laughs> it was kind of feeding into the Ayy. cheesiness of, of Hollywood. Um, she's done like a Fonzie, like, hey. That's what he should have done. Right? <laughs> what? It might have been if it was a Fonzie. Sean's Fonzie was better. <laughs> I didn't say it wasn't. Jeez, all right. <laughs> Moving Fonz. God forbid I try to be the Fonz. <laughs> all right, round one. Contestants had an 8-inch piece of W1 round stock, and they had to forge their versions of the Rambo survival knife. What a badass blade that is, yes. right? That was a really cool-looking cool. knife. The specs for that one, they had to have between 12 and 15-inch long of their blade, and it had to be 2 inches wide at least, um, starting at the base. It had to have a clip point, decorative file work on the spine, and a through tang. Brian, he had a little bit of issue learning to get the welder going, but Mike gave him a little hand. Uh, the weld did not <laughs> work very well <laughs> because it, it broke right off. <laughs> um, he had a lot of trouble keeping the billet in his tongs. He just dropped it all over the place, including into the oil bucket. And then he went tried to go fishing with his tongs into the oil bucket. Because it's hot. And that didn't work. And then he was like... Looked like he was just going to go in and grab the blade. And 
and I was getting really nervous that he wasn't thinking he was just going to grab the hot blade out of the bottom, which he eventually ended up doing. So it yeah. must not have been that hot anymore. But you, but you think that you know you're always told that that metal's hot even when it's black. So I guess the quench tank can really cool it down quite. So a bit. it was still hot. Like he immediately went over to the water, and they're all. I'm gonna yeah, say he pulled well, it out yeah. as quick as he could. Two things I'd say. Uh, well, I. Assuming that he grabbed the tang part, which probably wasn't in the forge as much as the rest of the blade. Yep. And yeah, it's in the it's in the tank. I don't know how long it was in there for, so hopefully mm-hmm. it had cooled down enough. But he was kind of testing the the oil for heat, but still not a great. I mean, he he had no other option. There was really. nothing to do. <laughs> Just leave he it had, in there for he, twenty minutes. I don't think he had so. to go in there, get it out, and then dip his hand off in the yeah. water to cool off. No afterwards. burns. No burns. Then Tristan, he worked on making an integral guard, which the judges were not so keen about his design. Um, it wasn't the, the most thought-out design when it comes to a guard. Mm. It was a little pointy, and then it would it also was, cause issues with the handle size. The, not, the handle probably would have it wouldn't have done much because there wasn't much guard there. You right. know, so he, he, you know, wedged it, pulled it out, and then, but there wasn't much length to him, so. Yeah. Um, he had some issues. His tang was too long, so his overall blade length was going to be too long. He had to cut that. Um, the guard was looking pretty thin at some point. Um, he also used clay, which I had originally thought was going for a hamon on the blade. But I, it's probably still a hamon when you do that. But he was going more just to make it so that the the spine of the blade was more flexible, not as brittle, and that's what he was using the clay for. Well, that's kind of the purpose of a hamon. Yeah, I guess that's the purpose, but there's also the visual aspect of a hamon. You, you can do, yeah, you can make a visual pattern with it. Right. But that's not what the point was here. He was going more for the flexibility. Um, his first quench did not take very well, and then with 40 seconds left to the round, he went in for a second quench. And all the judges were just slapping their yeah, I, I, faces. And what are you gonna do? Like that's what you gotta do. If it yeah. wasn't hard, you gotta put it in for trial for a second question. Yeah, Mike. There's nothing really bad to say about it. He was a professional, and he went in there, and he went about his business, and he made a blade that was awesome. He did have a bit of a warp during the quench, um, but he bent it over his leg, and it fixed yeah. it. So. Like the badass that he is. Yeah, was, just whoop, like, all right. I don't need to put it in between metal and mm-hmm. tighten it in the anvil. I don't need to, you know, stand on it. I don't need to do any special tricks with water. I'm just going to brute force this thing on my leg. And it worked. Doug, he didn't know how to weld. Um, he was using tongs and kept dropping the billet. Uh, for a while, he was using an eight-pound hammer, which is huge. For, it didn't for even look like thing. he was like hitting it very hard with it. It was well when you have that heavy of a hammer. Well, I it's mean, like, it's it's difficult to control that much weight. So he, he was didn't like, look like he was really coming down with a lot of force. He was just kind of like, well, yeah, he wasn't hitting it. It didn't seem like he was hitting it hard. But an eight pound hammer, even hitting with the the speed that it was, was still moving metal. But he wasn't he wasn't able to he he burnt himself out using yeah, the big he did. hammer and so the heat got to him and he went to the grinder and decided to do more time grinding uh rather than becoming a heat casualty and 
I don't know how I felt about that. I guess he did forge a little bit before he went to the grinder, but I know if Jay Nielsen was there, he would have said, this is forged in fire, not ground in fire. Well, you know, he had to forge that thing to enough shape initially, so he had to draw that billet out, the bar out, to make a billet and then go to the grinder. So, yeah, he might have done a lot of grinding, but it wasn't like... He started from nothing and didn't do any work to it. That's true. So. He he did. He did. Um, he was very cognizant of trying to make sure he met all the parameters. And he did do one thing when he was going to do his heat treating. He actually took two pieces of angle iron and put them in a vise and had them prepped, ready right. to go in case he had warps, which, hey, it's That's not a bad good, idea. Yeah. It's, a, it's a good idea. So it came down to judging... And we came across a first for the show. The very first. The very first time you they walk up and there are two blades sitting on the judge's table, Tristan and Doug, and they both did not meet parameters. Tristan's was a little too short. His was only 10 and 5 eighths inches long. And Doug's was one and seven eighth inches wide. He was off by an eighth of an inch on his on his width of the blade. For being so right. particular about parameters. So by an eighth of an inch. An eighth of an inch. Well, if you got a pocket tape measure, might as well use it. Yeah. And they use well, he it. Didn't. Oh, I see what well, you mean. <laughs> <laughs> he used it. He had it out. Yeah. He being Dave. 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 Yes. Because if Doug yeah. had the pocket tape measure, he wouldn't have been short. No. Right. So. Because of this, they did sudden death strength test where Dave took both of the knives over to a uh, industrial strength size nut and batoned them onto the nut three times and then looked at the edge to see who sustained the most damage. Tristan made it through with very minor damage, a little bit of surface um, scuffing maybe uh, a little bit of a minor deformation. Doug's first two looked okay, but on the third hit, a piece broke off. He left a little chip of yep. his blade in the nut. And so because of this, Doug got the boot, which means who who had Doug as the underdog? I think was it was you? me. Yeah, Teresa's underdog was gone. Underdog out. I mean, I would say, man, Doug's blade went so deep into that nut, it left a piece in there. So sharp. Maybe it was, yeah, it was so sharp it cut. But it was a strength test. Cut into that, <laughs> into yes. that thing. That is a good point. It was a strength test. <laughs> well, so, he was strong enough to cut into that nut. <laughs> but since it's your underdog pick, I don't care. <laughs> you get no two points this time. What are you going to do? <laughs> Round two, where they add the handles, and they also need to add a guard and a pommel. Mm-hmm. So uh, Doug is eating popcorn while the guys work, just like chilling. And Will was the playground bully that just knocked it out of his what? hands. <laughs> Dave's like, wow. did you bring enough for everyone? <laughs> He's like, well, I just got this on a concession stand. And Will goes over, wham, boom, just flies. <laughs> popcorn everywhere. So they're really loose in this episode. Yeah, really they're really like having it. fun. They're having a good time. Yeah, good. I Instagrammed it last night, and I put that up, and I put a little thing of, Stephanie Tanner saying, how rude. Yes. Can, can I say who you put first? I originally, yes, who did I put first? <laughs> Michelle Tanner. I knew it was Full House. <laughs> I knew oh, it was Full House. Yeah, no, it's easy to 
Yeah, I know. And then, it's very popular. Anyway, I posted that up. I got a message from somebody on Instagram. One word, idiot. <laughs> and I so I replied back and I go, am I the idiot <laughs> or is Will the idiot? And then the guy went off on a whole tangent about how Will's disrespectful. I'm like, you know it had to have been partially planned, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like it's a joke. <laughs> So anyway, <laughs> like, Doug just went up and got himself popcorn out of the blue for real, <laughs> and didn't have access. Oh, to I'm just more. gonna sit here with my popcorn and just eat it in front of everyone, and not expect any repartee whatsoever. <laughs> All right, idiot. <laughs> How wooed. <laughs> so. Brian um, decided to work on the edge geometry before the handle. And then when he did eventually get to the handle, he'd grab this giant piece of brass for the guard. And I had a really hard time wrapping my head around how that size and where he was putting the hole was supposed to be a guard. It was it was like this thick. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty big. Yeah. Uh, and he had a lot of trouble with it, so he ended up switching to G10. After an hour and a half, he used half of his time dealing with this giant brass thing that he didn't Which is use. Which really weird. Like, he used a couple different methods to try to get through it. It just, and it just wasn't yeah. happening. And then I think Baker was like, just, why don't you just drill a bigger hole in it? But it would have fit, and then you squished it. If you, yeah. you squished it on, the, then it would have been fine. But he, he had it like this, and he was drilling down into it. I, I feel like if it was this way... It, it just would have worked. I don't know better. what he was up to. I don't know. Yeah, I don't who knows? Bladesmith. So. Me weren't in his head. <laughs> yeah. Fucking Brian. <laughs> um, so then Tristan drills a large round hole, takes like a giant drill bit, and keys the top to keep the blade from spinning. So he made this move that the judges are like, what are you doing? But then he put a little notch on the top to kind of save it. Yeah, because even the, the tang was rounded off. Mm-hmm. Like he's like intentionally done that, so... And then a comment was made that there are a lot of pointy bits on Tristan's knife, which yeah, because he also had like his like pommel. He went for like a spade shape or something like that. He said it was a, a tear shape, a teardrop. Yeah, but like it was a sharp tear. It was yeah. huge and pointy and in both directions. <laughs> yeah, Not everywhere. Just forward, but aiming back at the the person wielding the knife. So then um, we get to Mike. He drills a super long hole through the handle and then shapes it to match the shape of the tapered tang. Good idea. And all good things were said about him again. He was really paying attention to the details. So then we get to the judging where um, David Baker claims to be the superhero and all the other judges and hosts are the inept villains. <laughs> yeah. And so when he goes to do the strength test, which is a man killer spike chop, um, the judges put on 3D glasses as their safety glasses. Uh-huh. Those were not OSHA approved 3D glasses. Just saying. Just saying. So Mike goes first. Um, he smashes through five spikes at least we were trying to keep count of the, the spikes. Mm-hmm. Mike got through five, indexes beautifully, and there's not a mark on it. Tristan also got through five, small deformity in the edge. Um, the pommel spun, and it was a little bit stabby for Dave Baker. <laughs> and then Brian gets up there. That, that's not right. Not a through tang with a pommel. It's a hidden tang and a frame handle, which did not meet the parameters. Therefore, Brian got the boot. Chris is getting points. Yeah. <laughs> First time in weeks. Well, he was time. so excited. Right. To be like, oh, I get to say it. I'm getting points. I'm getting points. 
All right. So moving on to round three. Our contestants have to make a katana sword, and they show a thousand-layer katana sword. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. So they go over it. Hattori Hanzo is the most famous samurai to ever live. So the sword's based on his work. Um, it's from about 400 years ago. He's portrayed as a legendary bladesmith in Kill Bill and created a katana so fine it would cut God. Mm -hmm. It's majestic, symbol of the samurai, single-edged blade designed for precise cuts and lightning-fast thrusts. When they like put this in the description of the episode like a week or two ago and it popped up on the DVR and I saw that it was going to be the Hanzo sword from Kill Bill... I was like, that's my jam. Yeah. I love that freaking movie. And uh, I was I was waiting, waiting. Just after I saw the description, I couldn't wait to watch the episode. I've never seen the movie. Are you freaking uh. kidding me? Neither have I. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and we own it. I own it. I own you both of them. haven't watched it since we got married. Well, maybe we need to have a viewing party for that. I don't Bill. think it's necessary. We've seen the sword now. <laughs> no, it's not about the sword. It's about the sword. Move on. All right, so the specifications are, must include a hibaki, a tsuba, a suka handle between 11 and 12 inches, and a handle must be wrapped. Oh, and by the way, it has to be 1,000-layer Damascus. <laughs> so not just like... A, Typical, and it's noted that 300 is impressive, right? Now, it's yeah, thousand. Will even said like 300 <laughs> layers is impressive, but this needs to be a thousand layers. And I'm thinking, holy crap, I've never heard of that. This is going to be intense. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's quite a feat. So, uh, Mike, his day one, he's working on his Damascus billet, 620 layers at the end of the day, pretty good. Um, day two, it's heat treat, uh, puts two forges together because it's so long of a blade. Uh, there's warps and bends in two places. He goes for a second quench. Uh, there's a slight, slight warp that he can grind out. Mm -hmm. And then on day four, his blade's good. He's making handle parts and he wraps the handle in stingray skin and, uh, ito cord. So I'm watching his show and I'm like, if if I was on there, I have no craft skills whatsoever. What if I had to wrap this handle? Would I be able to? Would I well, be able to look it up online? Like, oh yeah, this this is how you do it because like, there's yeah, a pattern in the, there. The yeah, you can look it up stuff. You're like you're allowed. Well, to research. no, not that I could, but like, would I be able to pull it off just by looking at references online? I think you probably yeah, I could. You I don't think it was that difficult of a wrap to do that. Okay. I think it was pretty straightforward. All right. Then I'm ready to. I mean, go on Tristan. You will get to it. Well, yeah. So Tristan, his day one, he starts with Damascus. Uh, he does not have power tools, and he has forty-two layers after day one, which is crazy. That it, you know he does he has to do this without power tools. So oh, yeah. tough, tough start. Yeah. Uh, day three, uh, his blades looking kind of lean, so he adds some mild steel to make a sandmai. He treats with uh, charcoal. Uh, yeah, we're not sure what he was using for a quench tank. It looked like a, a tiny, like, floaty boat. Because it, it wasn't a kiddie pool. Like, because you're not shaped either, like it. was like a long... Either that or maybe like a plastic, like, sled, but... But it had know. a drain like boats do. Yeah, it looked more like a boat. Okay. Like a little plastic boat. Interesting. Um, it came out straight and hard. 
Yeah, day five. <laughs> yeah, why not? Day five, he's working on the handle. He needs also using Stingray skin and decides to use shoelaces for his wrap. Yes. Because they just feel good, they work, and it's the best material. So he went with it. So we go to judging, and I guess the note here is that Mike's looks a little bit better. He started noting which ones look better. And mm-hmm. Journeyman Smith came in with a better looking sword huh. compared to the young kid. So not surprising. So we move on to the kill test with a what crazy eighty eight from Kill Bill. Oh, no, it is. Eighty eight oh. is a gang in Kill Bill. Oh, uh, okay. So I know it's had it like a little on mask on and everything. So when he was saying crazy eight man, I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so Doug goes and puts on these sunglasses, and we have some really good Doug cam in this. Oh, it's fantastic! He, like he just does a straight look to the camera. It's kind of oh yeah, especially on like the final stab back. It yeah. just zooms in on his right. face. So, Mike goes first, cut the head off, razor sharp edge. Uh, there's some bone on the edge of the blade, but the blade is in perfect shape. Edge and not roll, um, and it stayed true. Move on to Tristan, cuts the head. It falls off at the end of the test. After it's completed, very good balance. Uh, it's light, it's fast, and the blade took a, a bend, and the edge sustained uh, some chipping. Moving on to the sharpness test. Uh, they have to cut through three tatami mats, but doing five cuts. Mike, he cut through the thickest, but not on the backhand cut. Tristan, same as Mike, failed on a backhand cut but it took more of a bend this time. So Mike wins and it was determined that Tristan's could not be tested any further because of the bend. Yep. So points. We all got points. <laughs> we all got a point here. So whatever our numbers are, we didn't calculate them, but well, it's all one, one from one from last time. So 32, 20, hey. 18. All right. <laughs> Woo-hoo. So that was the episode, season five, episode 27, Hollywood edition. Um, I did note that on the Facebook discussion group for this, uh, a lot of people were like, do you think they'll continue to do things like this? Like come out with some... Like specialty episodes? Specialty episodes about fictional swords. Oh, like fantasy ones. Yeah, which like fantasy, like Lord of the Rings and stuff like that could be a really cool way to continue doing something like that. And especially... I mean, I'm sure there's lots of cool swords and stuff still, but going on the number of episodes that they have, they've hit a lot of weapons. So if they start to delve into it, I wouldn't complain. I like the idea of doing something. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Um, So that being said, that was the episode. Um, Next week, actually one week from right now, as of recording, Sean and I will be driving down to Tennessee. Pigeon Forge. Pigeon Forge. Pigeon Forge Grudge Match is happening next weekend. So we'll be there. We're going to be loaded up with some hot sauce. We'll have some hot sauce a little bit. <laughs> uh, we'll have, you know, cameras and stuff to, like, take videos and talk to people. We got a little bit of an interview schedule going on. Um, it should be a fun event. Hopefully the weather's looking good. Mm. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun. Yeah. If you're in the Tennessee Pigeon Forge area... Come on Check down. It out. Check, Check it, it out. out. Open to the public. 
Yeah, exactly. Come buy some knives and all that good stuff. And, yeah, so that's the episode. Thank you for watching, and we will catch Follow you. Follow us on YouTube, oh, Facebook. Yeah. Subscribe. Subscribe. Instagram. All that stuff. Pens and Forge. See yes. You. See you later. Bye. Bye. Is that really necessary? I did it. <laughs> oh, thanks. And everybody just mean mug the camera for a second. Well, that's not, again, <laughs> it's just going to be the thumbnail of us like staring at it with thumb oh. behind us. All right, that's it. We're done. Thumbs down. Thumbs down. <laughs>